section sixty one of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume two chapter twenty seven mes yeux sont trop blessés et la cour et la vie ne m'en font rien qu'objet à me chauffer la bille j'entre en un humeur noir en un chagrin profond quand je vois vivre entre eux les hommes comme ils font je n'y puis plus tenir j'enrage et mon dessein est de rompre en visier à tout le genre humain molière upon entering the apartment gertrude's surprise was great at finding mr ramsay and miss pratt seated together seemingly in a most harmonious tete-a-tete she had anticipated almost with dread a meeting betwixt two such opposite natures and had expected something to result from it little less discordant than the union of a bagpipe and fiddle instead of which she found their tastes and sentiments completely blended into one beauteous whole and the current of their conversation gliding on so smoothly that it did not seem even to require cowper's animated no to brush the surface and to make it flow but the extraordinary conjunction of two such distant planets is easily accounted for it was not brought about by any heavenly influences for such were not the tests for their spirits but simply by means of a sufficient quantity of well-expressed well-applied abuse which is perhaps the strongest of all cements for worldly minds uncle adam it is already known had been left like one of the fortunate adventurers in the arabian tales in a luxurious apartment surrounded not with singing damsels and silver tissue and sherbet tis true but with what to him were far greater enjoyments silence and freedom and a newspaper perhaps another in his place would have taken a survey of the room or have pondered a little over his comforts but he was none of these he was quite unconscious of the finery that surrounded him and not at all aware of the difference between the crimson and gold damask fauteuil in which he was seated and his own little straight-backed haircloth one neither was he at all struck with the contrast between the profusion of lamps which diffused their enchanting light and his long-wicked dim streaming tallow candles the bright blazing fire indeed was too powerful an object to be overlooked but that only drew forth a peevish exclamation as he pushed back from its overpowering influence and sought for his spectacles to see how stood the stocks but no spectacles were to be found every pocket and they were not a few was searched and their depths profound explored but in vain the case the chagrin case was there as if only to mock his hopes for it was empty and uncle adam at length recollected with infinite vexation that he had left their precious contents on the little table in his own parlour how tormenting to behold with the mind's eye the very object we are in want of lying on a particular spot where our own hands have placed it to see it as it were within our grasp and yet to be in torments 
for the want of it such as have experienced this will sympathize in the sufferings of uncle adam as he saw his spectacles lying afar off upon their broad end their arms extended as if to grasp his temples while yet the spectacles saw not him i deserve this for my folly in coming to such a place was his mental ejaculation as he shuffled away to a window to see whether it was not yet too dark for him to find his way home to his own house and his spectacles but at that critical moment the door opened and miss pratt like another fairy parabanon entered she had discovered his arrival and having had the advantage of hearing his character and peculiarities thoroughly discussed upon various occasions she was prepared to meet him accordingly miss pratt like many other people had a sort of instinctive reverence for riches even where she had not the slightest prospect of profiting by them she therefore accosted mr ramsay with the greatest respect and courtesy expressed the pleasure it gave her to see him at rossville hoped he had taken something since he came it wanted a long while to dinner yet and in short did the honours as though she had been mistress of the mansion uncle adam who knew not who he had to deal with was not displeased at the empressement testified in his behalf by a stranger and he declined the proffered civility in his politest manner adding that he never took anything between breakfast and dinner and an excellent rule it is said miss pratt in her most emphatic tone for them who can keep it for i really think there's a great deal too much eating and drinking goes on in the present day especially amongst young people the consequence is you hear of nothing but bile 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 from the oldest to the youngest i really think poor lord rossville hurt himself very much by his manner of eating not but what he was a moderate man in the main but to tell the truth god knows but i never can help thinking he dealt too deep in a fine fat venison pasty that was at dinner the very last day he sat at his own table poor man i didn't adoot it said mr ramsay secure that he never would come to an untimely end by any such means i've given our young countess a hint about that resumed miss pratt for i really think there's need for a little reform in the kitchen here it was just yesterday i was saying to her that for all the cooks she had and for all the grand things they sent up i didn't believe she had one that could make a drop good plain barley broth or knew how to guide a sheep's head and trotters she laughed and desired phillips the maitre d'hotel to be sure to have one scotch dish on the table every day but i've no great brew of any scotch dish that'll ever come out of the hands of a french cook there'll be nae want of a fire to cook the dinner i'm sure said uncle adam pointing to the well-filled chimney there's a fire might roast an ox there's no possibility o going near it i'm sure that's true for i'm quite o your opinion mr ramsay as the old byword says better a wee ingle to warm ye than a muckle fire to burn ye it's really a sin to see such fires and it's all the same way every room in the house blazing with fires and lamps till i declare my eyes are like to be put out of my head but lady rossville's so fond of light she never can get enough of it and her eyes are young and strong but she'll maybe feel the frost of it yet when she comes to know the value of them like you and me sir miss pratt was quite conscious that her stout active indefatigable eyes were not to be mentioned in the same breath with mr ramsay's little weak pale bleared ones 
but when people are resolved to please they must sometimes make great sacrifices the compliment was not wholly thrown away though it was not returned in kind for with one of his vinegar smiles uncle adam replied i set mayor value upon my spectacles than my een knew for i find the tain of very little use to me wanting the tither i forgot my glasses in my ain hoose and i cannot read a word of a papers that she put into my hands that is really a hard case exclaimed miss pratt with the most ardent expressions of sympathy but i'll tell you what mr ramsay you need be at no loss for spectacles in this house for poor lord rossville i'm sure if he left one pair he left a score always changing his glasses i really think he hurt his sight very much by it i would get you them in an instant but lady rossville has the keys of all his places and she's with her mother just now so perhaps you'll wait till she comes out but if you'll give me leave i'll read the papers to you for i haven't seen them myself yet somebody or other whipped them out of the room this morning before i had time to look at them i suspect some of the servants for they are really getting out their horns at no allowance lady rossville stands much in need of some experienced judicious friend to take some management for they're really going off at the nail i do not know what servants are to come to for my part there'll be no living with them by and by i have but one and what do you think sir of the trick she played me the t'other day it's but seldom i leave my own house for i'm one of those who think there's no place like home but you know one must give up their own way sometimes and i had been away upon a visit and came home one dreadful night very wearied and far from well had been just comforting myself all the way with the thoughts of getting a warm cup of tea and my own bed when instead of that lo and behold i found my house shut up my key nobody knew where and my fine madam off on some junketing match the consequence was i must have lain in the street if your worthy nieces the miss blacks hadn't accidentally heard of the situation i was in and made a point of my coming to them and after all this i'm obliged to keep her for six months or pay her wages and board wages all this was oil and honey to uncle adam's wounds and christy carstairs enormities great as they were looked somewhat smaller beside the still more monstrous offence of babby broadfoot he had had the satisfaction of turning the delinquent out of his doors instead of having endured the humiliation of being locked out by her consequently whatever similarity there might be in their injuries still he stood upon higher ground and he gave a faint chuckle of delight at finding his new friend's misfortune so much worse than his own miss pratt now turned to the newspaper i'm just taking a glance of the stocks for though it's but little i have to do with them still you know we all bow to the bush we get bealed fray ay there's another tumble i see down to eighty and a fraction rose to eighty and three-eighths some done so high as eighty and a fourth left off at the close at eighty and a half that's the three per cents and what are india bonds asked mr ramsay india bonds sixty-one to sixty-three premium long annuity shut short due etc 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 and miss pratt in the twinkling of an eye ran through the whole range of the money market displaying in her career the most complete knowledge of each and every branch as though she had been born and bred a stock jobber uncle adam was astonished he had read of women ascending to the skies in balloons and descending to the depths of the sea in bells but for a woman to have entered the sanctum sanctorum of the stock exchange and to know to a fraction the difference between three per cent's reduction and three per cent's accumulation 
and to be mistress of all the dread mysteries of scrip and omnium it was what uncle adam in all his philosophy never had dreamed of and miss pratt rose at least five per cent in his estimation having discussed the stocks in all their bearings she proceeded with the very contents of the paper but the fall of the three per cents had not sweetened her temper and she was very bitter in her indignation at proposals for publishing by subscription a print of the rev peter pyrie proofs pounds two two shillings etc and at the announcement that the lady of a lieutenant duncan dow late of his majesty's one hundred and nineteenth regiment had presented him with a son and heir but the whole measure of her wrath was reserved for the obituary record which as usual contained the apotheosis of some it may be very worthy but certainly very insignificant individual as in the present instance died at the house of his father number two east cotton row where he had gone for the recovery of his health on the thirteenth ultimate aged forty-five nathaniel lamb esq hosier and glover after a long and lingering illness which he bore with the most heroic patience and christian resignation to the purest benevolence the most enlightened piety and the most devoted patriotism mr lamb jr united the firmest principles the most perfect integrity and the most affable address here uncle adam broke out with affable address the affability a uh, a uh, hosier i never could bear that word all my days and far less new dinner read only mare ma'am affable affable i wonder why wud talk affability off the hands of a glover but it's just a piece where a thing else in this world now half pay lieutenants mon hay leddies and heirs and bodies are shul masters and ministers mon sit for their picksters and have their faces printed as though they war kings and conquerors the newspapers are filled wi the lives o folk that naebody ever heard o till they war dead i dinna ken what things are to come to indeed sir that's my wonder for i really think the world has been turned fairly topsy-turvy since our days but i assure you it would be well if people were satisfied with putting their deaths in the papers what do you think sir of having to pay as i had the t'other day thirteen pence halfpenny for a notification of the death of a woman that wasn't a drop's blood to me just thirteen pence halfpenny out of my hand and that for a person that to tell the truth i thought had been dead twenty years ago this was another nut for uncle adam who had long brooded over the mortification of having had to pay a penny for a similar compliment and even thought how he should obtain redress or at least revenge miss pratt went on as anthony white my nephew mr white of whitehall says i've given orders to take in no letters from the post-office now with black seals they're either disagreeable or expensive and sometimes both it's a very sensible regulation said uncle adam warmly and as for burial letters what do you think sir of anthony white being asked to three burials in one week and two of them people he never had broke bread with i think a man had better be a solly at once said mr black vehemently but here the colloquy of these two congenial souls was interrupted by the entrance of lady rossville that's an uncommon sensible woman said uncle adam as his friend and ally padded away to the other end of the room for a fire-screen for the countess i really am agreeably surprised with your uncle whispered miss pratt as she drew lady rossville a little aside a fine shrewd old man i assure you he knows odds from ends it's not everybody that will do with him he puts you to your trumps in a hurry End of section sixty one